It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Your host, Charlie Potter, here on WGN Radio and the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America on the Sunday, the week before Christmas. This morning, I'm going to do something a little bit different on the Great Outdoors Show. It has a lot to do with the Great Outdoors, but it doesn't have anything to do with some of the things we usually talk about. It's not about conservation, not about the future of families in the outdoors. Well, actually, it is in a way. So with that tease, I am going to talk about pond hockey, something that goes back to, well, in many ways, it goes back a long way in Canada and to less extent in the United States. But at Christmas time, if you think of the old Courier and Ives paintings, and if you've spent time in Canada, you know that pond hockey, well, it's the national pastime. Of course, now it's done mostly indoors. But when I was growing up, which wasn't that long ago, pond hockey was something that we couldn't wait to do. So in the great outdoors, in the spirit of families being outdoors, let's talk a little bit about pond hockey. In Chicago, I grew up north of Chicago on a farm. The most important thing for me was that we had cold enough weather and black ice. Black ice is the kind of ice when there's no snow on it. It's jet black. The bubbles are made in the pond, and you can you can skate all you want. There's no impediments, and the ice is smooth. And every Thanksgiving or thereabouts, the pond and marsh would make ice, and my neighbors would come over with their moms and dads and kids, and we'd start playing pond hockey. Obviously, in recent years, we haven't had that kind of ice this part of the world, and as I'm talking to you this morning, it may be cold outside, but we don't have that kind of ice yet, but maybe in the next week we'll get it. So pond hockey was something that families did and kids did, and all the, the kids in our area who are on neighboring farms and things like that would find a pair of hockey skates and an old stick, and in the weekend before Christmas, we would have a pond hockey game that would go on for hours, and we'd come in freezing cold. You couldn't feel your hands, couldn't feel your toes, and there'd be hot chocolate and hot cider, and I, re- I realize it sounds a little Norman Rockwellian as I talk about it, but it really was. And pond hockey was practiced all over the northern United States, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I have so many friends, and you probably know a lot of people who also grew up playing pond hockey. And just for a second, excuse my voice, I've been somehow calling too many ducks and doing too many things with my voice, and I've lost it a little bit, but bear with me this morning. So I have a lot of fond memories as a young boy growing up on a farm. Can't wait for Christmas, the weekend before Christmas, to play pond hockey with my friends and their families, and it would seem like all winter long we would play pond hockey. And in January, after we had some snow or February, my father would get out on the International Harvester Cub tractor and put the snow plow down and make a hockey rink out in our pond. Fortunately, he never fell through, or that would have not have been an experience. And we'd go out and drill holes in the ice to make sure it was safe enough for the tractor. 
So a few things I remember about family pond hockey. First of all, it's one of the great outdoor experiences you can have. Everyone gets out there. People skating behind chairs who can't really skate. People falling down. Just it, It's something that was part of Americana, at least for me, and I know a lot of you listening, growing up when America was a bit more rural. My favorite memory of pond hockey, which is going to bring me to more of a subject about today, was I was six or seven years old, and of course, I, like all kids of that era, we idolized Bobby Hull and Stan Makita, and Tony Esposito came a little bit later, but not much. And we would try to be Bobby Hull and Stan Makita and emulate those Blackhawk greats. And one of the things Stan Makita and Bobby Hull did, which a lot of you may remember, is they invented the curved hockey stick. So I was six or seven years old, and I had been reading about how they wet hockey sticks under hot water and put them under the door and bent the stick. You can imagine my thrill at seven years old when I made my first curved hockey stick. And I was determined the next day to go out and test it out. And my mother volunteered to be the goalie. And my mother was a pretty good skater, pretty good athlete, in fact. She had her figure skates on. I had my hockey skates on. And at seven years old or eight or six, whatever the exact age, my ankles pretty much touched the ice, but my goodness, I had my Blackhawk jersey on, and out onto our farm pond we went. My mother stood in front of the net, not having any idea that overnight I had turned my straight-bladed stick into a wicked curved hockey stick. I think you know what's about to happen. So with all my might, I stood about, I don't know, eight or ten feet away at that age, and with all my might, I fired the puck at my mother. She fully expected it, as always had been, to be right on the ice. But that curved stick enabled the puck to go about 14 inches off the ice and drilled her right below the kneecap on the center of her shin. And with a, an incredible scream and thud, she hit the ice like a falling oak tree and laid on the ice writhing. And, of course, I'm seven years old. I think I killed my mother. No, actually... She could have killed me. Uh, when she finally collected herself, the, uh, ex- the, the words and the expression were so much as, how could you do this to your mother? Well, of course, I didn't know I had a curved stick. Enough pond hockey across a lot of the upper part of the United States was taking place with lots of kids bending hockey sticks and surprising their parents who wanted to be goalies or play against their kids with the fact that these little kids, and I was one of them, could actually lift the puck thanks to Stan Nikita and Bobby Hall. So I remember that memory as I think about pond hockey the weekend before Christmas, the weekend we're having right now. And what made me really decide to do this show was I think it's such a big part of America, family time outdoors. And here we are in a world where we seem to have so little of it. In the summer, I talk about going fishing or camping or boating with your kids. This time of the year, if we can get some ice, it's an absolutely great time to get on the outdoor ice with your with your friends and play a little pond hockey and bring back some memories. And I had lots of memories that came back to me, actually, Thursday night when I went down to the United Center. Of course, as a kid, I grew up going to the stadium. And the stadium was 
that was a great old barn. And as a young kid, nothing thrilled me more than to have toilet paper stuck in my ears because it was so loud and going to watch Bobby Hall wind up behind the net and make a ring-long dash. And it seemed to me like every time he touched the puck, he was making a ring-long dash and firing that slap shot from inside the blue line. And as Lloyd Pettit would say, a shot and a goal. And, and so those memories Thursday night, when I went to the United Center, it's not the old barn in the stadium. When you sat on the second deck of the stadium, by the end of the second period, you could barely see the ice because the smoke from everyone smoking cigarettes was so bad. The United Center is clean. It's a beautiful building. The only thing about it is the Blackhawks aren't very good. We all, in the last decade or so, or 12 years, have been spoiled by the Blackhawks. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Corey Crawford, Marion Hossa, Duncan Keith, and on and on and on. The Stanley Cups, three Stanley Cups. My kids grew up going to Stanley Cup quality hockey. Thursday night I went to the United Center and I saw, well, I really saw minor league hockey, at least on the Hawks side. But I saw one of the greatest professionals of all time, Alex Ovechkin, score his 798th, 799th, and 800th goal. And when Alex Ovechkin scored his 800th goal, the United Center erupted. Mind you, the United Center was only about two-thirds full. But it erupted. And this proud franchise stood on their on the bench, too, and acknowledged Alex's incredible feat, only the third player in history ever to score 800 goals. It's a long way from the ponds of Libertyville, Illinois, to the United Center. But the theme is there. Hockey is a game that's thrilled for generations. And in my case, most of my time was spent playing outside. I didn't really start playing inside until I played at Northwestern, where we had the ability and the luxury to play in indoor rinks. And that's the first time probably in my college, in my entire hockey playing life, that I wasn't freezing to death and didn't have frostbitten toes. So if you have a chance... Take your kids, take your grandkids, find a find an outdoor pond where the ice is safe and just have a little bit of a skate and think about how it was done for so many years before we had cushy indoor rinks. And hats off, as they were, to Alex Ovechkin on Thursday night and made the Blackhawks regain their former glory and once again wear that shirt with great pride and great success. I'll be back in just a moment. With more on the Great Outdoors Show, this is Charlie Potter in the Outdoor Voices of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. When sunrise is your alarm clock, life is different. You eat a ditch for breakfast. Love the smell of diesel in the morning with a hot cup of joe. The weather report is 40% chance of mud. And corporate pull, that's 36,000 pounds of towing capacity with a gooseneck trailer. Mudden is PTO. You know sometimes when the paved road ends, the fun begins. Chevy Silverado 3500 HD is waiting to run over something, anything. No road, no problem, because the best way out is always through. A trouble rides a swift horse, and you don't want trouble pulling a backhoe loader. Chevy Silverado HD is a wake-up call. Now, during Chevy truck season, get a $1,000 accessory allowance toward the purchase of a new truck with accessories. You worked hard for your money. Spend it smart. 
So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer today or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for all the details. Chevy Silverado HD. Power up and experience life in HD. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and thank you for putting up with my little bit of a scratchy voice, as I said at the beginning of the show. I've maybe been outside calling too many ducks, but also on Thursday night, as I mentioned before the break, I had the thrill of going to the United Center and seeing Alex Ovechkin score his 800th goal. And before I switch to a topic to close out this weekend before Christmas show, I do want to say, as a kid growing up, when we laid, laid in bed at night listening on the radio, listening to Lloyd Pettit and calling the Hawks games and calling a shot in the goal, it was magical. And I'm sure it's magical today for kids lying in bed at night listening to the Hawks, only it's a shot he scored instead of a shot in the goal. And I hope if we go back ahead 30 years from now, the kids today will have the chance to know what we all knew, and that is great Blackhawk teams proudly wearing the logo. And Chicago's a hockey town. There's no question about it. And from the outdoor rinks around the country and to the farm ponds, there's still hockey players being born. They're not all being born inside rinks and learning what it's not like to be out on the cold ice and the cold air and the cold of winter with hot chocolate and cider waiting for you after a pickup hockey game. Enough reminiscing. On to the real world. And what does the real world bring us? It brings us chaos on the computer. So on this, the Sunday before Christmas, I don't want to be terribly serious. I love talking about pond hockey and growing up and playing pond hockey. But we have a serious problem that the interest of states to recruit people to come to their states to go hunting is actually working. And it's working to the point where states are having their computers crash when it's time to register to go hunting. So in Idaho, for example, last week, it was time to register for the 2023 fall big game hunting season. And so many people went online at once to try to register to get an application. But of course, the system just folded and crashed. And for two days, if you wanted to buy a pheasant hunting license in Idaho, so you'd go pheasant hunting, you couldn't. If you wanted to buy a big game hunting license or register for the big game draws, of course you couldn't. Finally, the state of Idaho sent out a notice to everyone who, I think in their database, because I didn't try to apply for a license, but I got the notice anyway, saying we are terribly sorry for the inconvenience. So many people want to come to Idaho to go hunting that our system could not handle it. And it makes me wonder, what are people thinking? Of course, if you advertise that you have the best hunting in the world, the most beautiful scenery, the nicest people, the best weather, all these things, in today's world, people are going to respond. And all the states, virtually without exception, have decided that they want more hunters to come and see their states. What is going to happen in Illinois if this actually works and we suddenly get thousands more applicants for deer hunting for out-of-state licenses? It means the odds go down. In the state of Utah, 
which is one of the fastest growing states in the country that has great hunting, for every 100,000 people that move to Utah, there are three or 4,000 new people hunting. The system can't take it. There's not room for three or 4,000 people, much less if a million people as they project move to Utah, there are going to be 50 or so thousand new hunters in the state of Utah. Illinois, of course, has the opposite problem. People are leaving Illinois, but the actual number of people who want to go hunting in Illinois from a non-resident basis is increasing. So we have this paradox in front of us. All the states have decided we need more hunters to carry on the tradition that hunters are aging out and we need lots of new hunters to replace them. The only problem is there's no place to put these hunters, and the current demand is very, very high. And so new hunters have not only nowhere to go, but they're more mobile. They tend to have a little bit of money to spend, so they, they definitely get around the country more. They may hunt multiple times in different states, and the system is overloaded. Technology is working too well. And I see the day coming where lots of states are going to have to reverse course because, after all, it's the residents of states who pay most of the bills. And the residents of states like Illinois, where we have great deer hunting, don't want to see that opportunity being sold to someone from out of state. Goodness, God forbid that person might come from Wisconsin. So in any event, it's one of those challenges we see in wildlife management, an unintended consequence of success, the success being let's recruit a lot more hunters without having figured out exactly what we would do and how we would handle them. I hope you have a great Christmas and holiday week ahead. I thank you throughout the year for listening to the Great Outdoors show. And whatever it is you're hoping for on Christmas Day and during this holiday season, I hope it involves being in the outdoors with family and friends And if you have a chance, go make that turn on an open door, on an open air marsh and pond. The ice is different than it is inside. The air is a lot more crisp. And you can almost hear the echoes of the past coming down from Canada where hockey was invented when the greats all learned to play outdoors. Merry Christmas to you all. Happy holidays. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America. 720 WGA.